Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. This is Terry Wickstrom, and we've got a lot of ground to cover today. We're going to cover some ice fishing. We're going to cover a bunch of open water fishing. Uh, We're going to talk some hunting. In fact, we're going to talk about getting new hunters out into the field. And uh, in a minute, we're going to be joined by uh, Randy from uh, from Alpine Fishing Adventures in in up in. Uh, but we seem to have lost him. He's off the line, so hopefully he'll call back right away. But we have a lot going on. Austin Parr is going to join us in the second hour. Nate Zelinsky will will update us on his ice fishing tournament out at um, Chatfield today, and uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, so a lot of uh, the Snow Goose Festival, we just got a lot of ground to cover. And we want to talk about some social media things we're going to do. And uh, also I want to talk about getting some trivia started off again. Not today, but in the near future. And But meanwhile, we have Randy back. And let's go to the phone. And Randy Ford from Alpine Fishing Adventures up at Lake Dillon is joining us. Good morning, Randy. How's it going, Terry? It's going well. It's going well. And uh, uh it's nice down here today. It's a little cloudy, but it's warm. I don't know. I don't think the ice is going to hold up much longer. In fact, we're going to talk later uh, throughout the show about mountain ice fishing, but about start talking more open water down here on the Front Range. But uh, what's it like up in Dillon? What kind of conditions do you have there? Oh, well, uh, today it's um, partly cloudy. It's a little bit chilly. I'm actually out on the lake right now. Um, we're doing some fishing out here in uh it's we got out here at about uh, seven thirty, and it's been pretty cold, and it's just now starting to warm up a little bit. Um, in fact, after this phone call, we're getting ready to pop the hut. So, so what? What about up. what about ice conditions? What do you have on Dillon? Oh, we've got uh, two foot of solid ice. It's only going to keep getting thicker. Um, the, right now, the surface isn't too bad. There's probably you know six eight inches of powder. However, on this trip, we uh, covered a little ground, um, and we encountered some of the first slush I've come across on Dillon yet this year. So um, here, and I know at the other lakes in Middle Park, um, it's about that time of year where the slush is going to start turning up, and, you know, snowmobilers and everything are going to want to start being aware uh, start being aware of that for sure. But on Dillon, you can't even run a snowmobile, right? No, you can't. We do it all on foot, um, on foot and toboggans and, and you know, access, uh, mostly from the Dillon Marina, but there's a handful of uh, other access areas, the Frisco Marina, of course. Um, one's a real popular one, the Snake River Inlet over there, and then di- different parts, um, little parking accesses on the lake that you can get out on foot. Well, you know, you talked about that Snake River Inlet. There used to be... Um... I think you, when people would talk about ice fishing at Dillon, pretty much all you'd hear about was the early ice on that Snake River Inlet. They'd catch those kokanee going through there. And they're not big kokanee, but they were plentiful. And it was one of the first places you could get out and ice fish in the state. But you didn't hear much during the rest of the year. But you and I have been talking to each other now for about two, three years about the changes that have gone on in Dillon Reservoir. And they added um, a, a new fish called a char and they've been doing some different types of stocking. And Dillon is really kind of blossoming into a great ice fishing destination, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, uh, we like you mentioned, we've got the Arctic char, so that, that makes it interesting for a lot of anglers because you have the opportunity to come up and, and knock another species off your list. It's, they're, they're not very common in anywhere else in the state, really. There's a few, few little waters, some private waters, a um, couple areas. Um, you could probably catch one, but to get a legit chance of, of catching a char, you know, that's always there and cool for anglers. Um, the another thing we have going is uh, the CPW. We've been able to kind of work with them and get them to uh, start stocking rainbow trout right before the ice comes on. And, you know, Lake Dillon has abundance of these micey shrimp. So in the wintertime when the, when, the, uh, when the ice cover comes on, the light conditions kind of get a little bit darker down there. Your micey shrimp will come into the shallower waters. And at that point, they're accessible, uh, you know, to these trout. So what will happen is we get these trout right before the ice comes on, and they're able to forage on those micey shrimp all winter long. So that makes for some really fun-to-catch, healthy, strong fighting fish that are moving around. You know, those mycees, they move around in little schools and clouds, and so that therefore you get kind of kind of schools coming through, moving around, eating those. And so it can be really fun. You know, we on these trips, we've got that opportunity to hit the rainbow trout, get some numbers, and like I said, they're nice and fat, and they're, they're good eating. Um, and then, uh, of course, we've got the kokanee salmon, uh, that we do catch those, um, a lot aside from the snake inlet. Um, during the winter, you get massive schools of these kokanee salmon that come through. Um, and so there's always the opportunity to catch those. Now they're really small. Um, you're, you're talking about a lot of two and three year olds. They're going to move through. And, uh, and, uh, these, these fish, even when they're four year olds, these kokanee, you're lucky to get one over 13 inches. So, you know, your two- and three-year-olds are eight, ten inches. So you got to kind of weed through those. But that can be fun, too, out here, fishing for the silver salmon um, over deep water in the middle of the winter. Um, and then you're, there's always your chance what we're kind of doing today. We kind of were fishing off of, some, uh, off of kind of a point here on some structure. And there's um, some really nice, healthy uh, cut bows and rainbows in here. But we're, what we're kind of also hoping for on this particular spot is, you know, here at Dillon, you never know, you could latch into a big old brown. You know, there's some there's some really nice brown trout in here. It's they're you know they're not very easy to catch or common, but that's just uh, adds some fun to it when you know you come out and get some numbers and you got a chance of getting a whopper. You know. Well, you know, when, if people are coming out, let's let's take them to. If I'm a say I'm not an advanced ice fisherman and I don't don't know Dylan very well, if I just want to catch some fish, can I target more than one species in a location, or should I say target the rainbows and and then maybe move to target the ch- the char? How would you approach it if you were a new angler to Dylan? That's a great question, Terry. Because um, what I like to do is I'll get out on Dylan. If you can get out and you get over some deeper water and find yourself oh about sixty feet of water, you're going to have um, the all different species out there. Um, what what you want to look for is if you if you want to just get the bite and the more aggressive, easier to catch fish, you can watch for those rainbow trout coming in suspended right under the ice, five to twenty feet. Um, and then uh, if you want to start testing your skills a little bit, um, you can get down there deep, um, closer to the bottom, and uh, that's where you're going to have your char moving through. Now that does take the use of a sonar. So if you're someone coming out and you're a beginner and you don't have a sonar and you're not dialed in on all that, you want to stick to the shorelines and cu- probably stick to a little bit shallower water because that gives you the ability to, to really have your baits in front of the fish as they come through. If you're over deep water and you don't have a sonar, you just kind of you, you don't know what you're dealing with. Um, 
spin and when to move your baits around and, and match them up with the with the fish, so to speak, depending on the level they're coming through. Um, no. So my, my suggestion is for beginners, you want to start off a little shallower until you get until you start using your sonar and learning how to read it, and that's when you can open up a whole new world now, in ice fishing for sure. If if you come out wet, I know you don't get a lot of holdover rainbows. You get some occasional big browns, but kind of what's the average size of a rainbow if you're out there fishing right now, and what about the char? Um, on the rainbows today at this spot, you know, um, we've got about eight of them here on the ice, and they're all between, oh, um, 12 and 14 inches. Um, so there are some nice, nice rainbows, um, nice and fat. Um, you know, a lot of them you're going to catch, though, when they stock them. They do give us a lot of small ones, um, eight, 8 to 12 inches. Um, so, you know, your typical, typical size uh, average rainbows, they don't grow fast anywhere like, you know, in the Middle Park Lakes. Um, if, if you get a, a, a multiple-year holdover, you know, 15, 16, 17 inches is what you're going to find on a rainbow. Um, now, as far as the char go, uh, every year we see it seems like a kind of a um, slight um, increase in our average size. Um, they are, they're also um, naturally just a slow-growing fish, even though they've got a great forage base in the mycy shrimp. They still grow pretty slow, but, I mean, now the, the average char we're picking up, I'm going to say, is probably around there 14 inches. Um, we get a good amount of them that are in the 17 to 18 inch range, and then you know a few of them coming through that are that are breaking 20 inches. Now those so. char are really unique, like you said. That's a chance to catch a fish you normally wouldn't. A couple things I want to cover real quick. A couple presentation tips, and I want to tell people about the kind of trips you offer. So if I'm coming out, either the rainbows or the char, let's concentrate on those. What kind of presentations should I have with me? Um, well, on the char, you want to the, the char are going to be sour in the bottoms. Um, the mice shrimp are usually right in there on that first ten feet from the bottom. So those char are are running the bottom. So um, you know, and, and it does vary day by day. So when you're going to fish for those char, you've got got to go deep for them. Um, and there's two ways to hit them. They will hit metal. Um, they're like a lake trout, any kind of salmonid. Um, you know, a lot of times you can, you can jig a cast master or, or a spoon or something like that right off the bottom and pick char up that way. Another way to do it um, is to take and suspend your bait, oh, about 10 feet. I, I'm usually right in there around, I don't know, 7 to 15 feet off the bottom. Suspend that bait on a dead stick. That means just on a stand or dead still. And then we're going to watch your sonar because those fish are going to be cruising around the bottom they're going to catch uh, your jig. I usually use some sort of a, a small tube jig. You can tip it with a variety of stuff. And you want to suspend that jig about 10 to 10, 15-ish off the bottom and watch your sonar and wait for that fish to, to, to watch and see it move up off the bottom and dart up for your bait. Some days you're going to leave it on the dead stick. They're going to smack it. Um, other days they swim up to it. They may not be, be so uh, apt to smack it. And then that's when you can start messing around with, uh, what I call the takeaway, which is a, uh, a huge technique, especially if you're fishing lake trout and stuff like that. You got that suspended jig, that fish swims up for it, and before that fish is about five feet away from it, you can start reeling that jig, jig away from them. And you'll get fish, sometimes you'll hook them, you'll, you'll, you'll have them chase you up from 60 feet down, and you'll end up hooking them 10 foot below the ice doing that kind of technique. So that's, it works really well with the char. They're, they're very similar to fishing for lake trout, you know. 
once you start getting into the little bit larger char. And, and so that's a, that's a great technique. And, you know, like I said, it varies on the day. Sometimes they, they you know, you just leave it on that dead stick and they come up and waylay it. Um, other days you got to mess with your presentation. Sometimes um, hit them on the drop is huge. Um, some days you might find that you want to get that jig up a little bit higher in the column. And if a fish comes through below it, you drop that jig down and you'll, and you'll watch that fish chase that jig down. And all of a sudden your line pauses and you know, you click that bail and set. Um, so you, you just want to kind of try and figure out what it happens to be at the, the particular day you're out there fishing that, you know, that they want. But the biggest thing is, 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 um, you know, you can come out here, Dylan, and any of these other lakes and fishing for lake trout and stuff. Just watch for those suspended fish and really take advantage of the suspended fish and and don't and, and really really pay attention because because you'd be surprised what comes through and what'll move through. You know, five ten feet under the ice. You know, so. Randy, we're about out of time. And people, I know in the summer you guide a lot for um, families and anglers of all levels. And you take them out in pontoon boats, but we've probably got ice till about April out there. Uh, what type of trips do you offer, and what what type of anglers do you try to specialize in? Well, you know, mostly for for us up here in the high country, being surrounded in the in with the ski resorts and all that stuff, we we like to cater to the families. So we've we've kind of split our trips up into green circle, blue square, black diamond. That's I did that kind of off of the ski slope deal. Um, green circle trips means. We could take anybody out. Um, the pontoon boats, we put wheelchairs, whatever it may be, any mobility levels. Um, we do three-hour trips. We, we take little kids. Kids tend to fish free. Um, our blue square trips, they're probably most most common. We run those for four hours, get you out on the um, water a little bit longer. Um, and then our black diamond trips, uh, that's if you want to come out and you say, hey, uh, I'd like to try for one of the big Dylan brown trout or, man, I really want to get into some Arctic char. Um, we run those trips. They usually run uh, about six hours, and, and that, the, you know that's more for your advanced anglers. And on the ice, do you do pretty much the same thing? Yes, we do. Yep. And so, how do people get a hold of you if they want to? Make, you know, it's, what a great way—the best way to learn a lake like Dylan because it's going to fish uniquely—is come up and spend a day with a guide like you. How do they get a hold of you, Randy? Um, well, you could. The best way is just to go to the website at fishdylan.com. So it's pretty simple, you know, Dylan and Fish, fishdylan.com. And uh, then you can call us up and book a trip. There's lots of information there on the website. We put up a lot of pictures and stuff. If you just want to see kind of what we're catching, we put up a lot of pictures on our Facebook page um, and do some trip reports and stuff like that. Um, And then you can always call me um, at 970-485-9560. We got to run, Randy, but it sounds like a great opportunity. In fact, I need to get up and fish it with you. Oh, for sure. All right, Randy. Thank you so much, and thanks for sharing all that information. Yeah, no problem, Terry. Have a great day. You bet. What a great opportunity to go up to Dillon Reservoir and take advantage of Arctic char and something you normally catch. I've caught those up in the Arctic, but never here. I tell you, we're going to take a quick time out. We come back, we're going to change things up. We're going to talk about hunter um, recruitment, hunter information, how to get people into hunting, and how to provide information for the people that already are on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going to go right to the phones. 
And uh, joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is uh, Jason Deach. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Terry. You know, it's uh, always a beautiful day in Colorado. There's so much to do in the outdoors here. And sometimes people say, what do you find to talk about year-round uh, on, a, <laughs> on an outdoor program? And how? Do, my answer is, how do you get in enough information about what's going on? There's fishing, hunting, right. camping, you know, hiking, parks, and... <clears throat> We have, we have such a huge outdoor population, and one one thing that is popular, but it's kind of flattened out, is hunting. And it's a traditional activity in the United States, and I think a lot of people don't realize the impact that hunting has on our entire, entire outdoor ecosystem, because the North American model over the years is the hunter and fishing fishermen with their uh, License fees have paid for habitat improvement, game management, wildlife viewing areas, a lot of park help with parks and wildlife areas. So that that revenue chain is extremely important to maintaining things, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, and uh, hunters really have been fitting the bill there, and and they're doing great. But we need to make sure that we keep looking forward and, and make sure that those funds are there. Um, <clears throat> And that's why uh, I want to talk to you today about one of the new things we're trying, uh, the Take a Friend Hunting Contest. And and that's really to get at the adult. This is a, a program that's geared towards adult mentorship. Um, so those 18 or older, and it's really geared towards them um, because we're trying to find ways to get the public to uh, essentially bear a little bit more of the, the burden, if you will, as far as a little bit more responsibility on on uh, teaching folks how to hunt. Um, and you have a mentor and a mentee. Mentor has to have hunted uh, three out of the last five years in Colorado. The mentee has to have never hunted in Colorado, hunted for the first time the previous year, uh, or hasn't hunted in five years in Colorado. And then the mentor takes that person out on at least three occasions. One of them has to be a hunt. And then the other two can be other other skills uh, that they that they need need along the way. So maybe it's taken to a range to sight in. Maybe it's taken to a sporting goods store to get the proper equipment. Maybe it's teaching them how to cook game or field dress wild game. Maybe it's taking them scouting up in the mountains or the plains uh, to learn how to how to navigate or use maps and uh, or, or even knock on doors and say hi to folks. And after you do that. The final step is to take a picture of the experience some, sometime throughout the experience, and it doesn't have to include the people, doesn't have to include dead critters, um, just has to be authentic from that experience, and then a 100-word or less narrative about the experience, and they enter online. And you can find that at cpw.state.co.us slash friend. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and there's going to be prizes and things. We'll get to that in a minute. But I want to make a comment about the state of hunting right now. And, and this is true of most outdoor activities. You know, when I grew up, we were a, an agrarian society, and most of us lived in small towns. And the outdoors was my backyard. My family hunted and fished and camped all the time. And you, you developed those skills, and you had somebody to mentor you along your whole life as we've become an urban family, and in all honesty, the family structure is broken down a little, uh, that mentoring is, is, is gone away. And the two reasons people don't do outdoor activities, number one is access, and Parks and Wildlife in Colorado have worked 
with all the public lands we have in Colorado, with a lot of the private lands, with our parks, our wildlife areas, mm-hmm. where we're blessed to have maybe some of the best public access for hunting and fishing of any state in the country. So access is there. But people, the second thing that keeps them out is a little bit of know-how because it can be a little intimidating. And that's what this mentorship's made to overcome, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it is definitely trying to hit hit on those points, Terry. And uh, we all know that people are just so, so busy um, these days. So trying to trying to learn the ropes and, and realize what you actually need versus what maybe what's getting marketed towards you, uh, it, it's it's there's a big difference depending on what you're going after, what species you're going after, and this take a front hunting contest, uh, you, you don't have to take them. You know, it can be you could take them rabbit hunting, you could take them squirrel hunting, you could take them grouse or pheasant hunting, you could take them trapping. Uh, it doesn't have to be for for elk or deer um, or pronghorn, but but it it really does take that person. We, you know, it almost seems like we have a generation. Some would say almost two generations where we haven't had that that traditional pathway where the family is is uh, handing it down um, to to the next generation. So we have a whole bunch of folks out there that are adults now that that we're saying are the low hanging fruit, meaning they have transportation, they have vacation time, uh, but they they don't have the know how and they just need someone to help them out. And, um, uh, you know, they, they, they're willing to do it, but they just don't know where to start. It can be a daunting task. So um, this is just by providing an incentive, a little bit of incentive here. Um, we're hoping that we can get more folks to say, you know what, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go this year and, and be that instructor to someone um, to, to help teach them up. And, you know, uh, it doesn't normally take a lot. There's a few safety things, like if you're going to hunt with a firearm, you're going to have to have firearm safety anyway. But there's some safety concerns. But learning the the basic nuances of hunting can happen very quickly, and you can have some success, like you mentioned, with a uh, small game, or or even if you're lucky enough to draw a deer tag, or turkeys in Colorado, which I think probably are outside of the program right now because of the the timing, but they may come in next year. Um, There's just so many opportunities, and it doesn't take that long. And it's amazing uh, when you get somebody out in a duck blind or you get them in the woods doing things, the things they see and what they enjoy, how it impacts their life, and it becomes something that they, they add memories and they keep repeating forever and ever. And I think a lot of hunters sometimes go, well, maybe I don't want that many more hunters out there. But we have to realize that without hunting license fees, there's not going to be good hunting access and resources for any of us. We need that money. And people who are wildlife watchers need that money spent. So, it, you know, take somebody who maybe wouldn't normally hunt, who loves to watch wildlife, take them out hunting and let them do a camera the rest of the year, but do a hunting trip with them and just see the difference. And, and you could pick up some prizes, right? What can you win? Yeah, oh, I agree with everything you just said. <clears throat> the prizes for, for this year's um, contest duration, which um, I I was on, when was that? Later later in the summer was the first time I talked about this, but now we have about one month, or we have one month left. Yeah, it ends the end of February. So I want to make one final push for those folks to um, that were thinking about it and haven't done it yet. Um, prizes include, we have $500 gift card to Shields, a $100 gift card to Shields, $100 gift card Sportsman's Warehouse, $600 worth of Sitka gear, a jacket and pants from Sportsman's Warehouse in Loveland, $100 gift card Jack's Outdoor Gear, 
We have some Mystery Ranch packs. Um, we have some Yeti coolers, the the Roadie 20 and the uh, the Hall, which is a gorgeous cooler. Um, some some different knives. We have some uh, Nikon binoculars. We have uh, Vortex rangefinder, Vortex 20 to 80 spotting scope with the, that that'll come with a tripod, some trigger sticks. And needless to say, there's just a lot of good prizes. Now, people, you got about a month left this year. Do you anticipate this program will be repeated going into the fall again? I do, yep. So so there's information on the website. Um, Before I let you go, and speaking of online, though, we're over time, but I want to take a minute or two, and we'll make sure we give Aaron, who's coming up next, plenty of time. Uh, but I want to take a minute or two. You also have started an Instagram page just for hunting. Tell us about that. That's right. So the agency now has an Instagram account that we'd love for you to follow. It's called Hunting in Colorado, one word, Hunting in Colorado, one word. And uh, on that Instagram account, we're putting wildlife facts, hunting tips, recipes, how-tos, and firsthand look at really what the, the Hunter Outreach team is up to. And and it's been a lot of fun. It's growing, and um, we we really think that your listeners would enjoy it. Um, so please check out that hunting in Colorado Instagram and help spread the word on that. And as well as the Take a Friend Hunting Contest, cpw.state.co.us/slash/take-a-friend. And you know, there's so much, so many resources on the Parks and Wildlife website. There's information about <laughs> clinics. There's videos that you can watch. There's actual classes yep. you can take. There's harvest information. I mean, if you're thinking about doing some hunting, spend a couple hours on the site and you'll just be amazed. We have to, we have to run Jason, but any last comment again? Uh, no, no hunting in Colorado. Check it out. All right. Thank you, my friend. I think it's important for everybody in the outdoors. It's just a great thing. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Jason Thanks, from Jake. Jason from Parks and Wildlife. We'll take a quick time out. Then we're going to take you down to John Martin uh, State Park and Reservoir and there's a lot going on there. We're going to talk about it right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. All right, now you're popping the music again. Dire Straits. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go right to the phones and joining us from one of my favorite places in the state, John Martin Reservoir is Aaron Steinman. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me this morning. That's always great. You know, I love to talk. You know, the thing about John Martin is it's far enough away where it maybe doesn't get the crowds, but boy, when you get there, there there's so much to do and usually uh, great resources to do it. You know, maybe we should tell people where John Martin Reservoir is located and the state park, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So John Martin Reservoir State Park is in southeast Colorado. Um, It's along Highway 50, we're east of La Junta and west of Lamar in the small town of Hasty. So from Pueblo, we're about 100 miles southeast, and then it's about a little over 200 miles from Denver. So it's a little bit of a drive, but like you were saying, there's no traffic and no crowds down at John Martin Reservoir. Oh, you're t- it's, and it's fantastic. I know you've got an event coming up, and we'll get to that in just a minute, but let's, let's kind of describe some of the facilities and the activities that are there on an everyday basis. Uh, first of all, year-round camping, right? Yeah, you bet. So we have two campgrounds that are both year-round. Um, we have one electric campground, which is down below the dam around Lake Hasty, 
And then our non-electric campground is up above the dam where you can get some great views of the whole reservoir. And um, that one is a little more barren out there. There's no trees out there. But like I said, you get some really great views. And, of course, you have some hunting opportunities down there and some fishing opportunities. What are the water levels like right now? Now, I know in the past they used to get drawn down to extremes, but they purchased some water. So even when it gets drawn down, it's got great fish survivability and you leave some water in there. What are we looking at now? So right now we're sitting at about 95,000 storage acre feet. Um, last summer we were at about 160,000. So we're down a little bit, but with all the snow melt up in Leadville, we're hoping to get up to 150,000 again this summer, which would be great. And when it is at uh, those kind of levels, uh, the lake expands. The surface area gets big. It goes back past that, that bridge, that railroad bridge, and it gets back into the trees. And the, the fishing is good anyway but boy you can see the bass start coming on and some of the other species and what what species of fish are common at john martin so we have all the warm water species um the popular game fish to catch um, wiper white bass sawgye walleye and crappie and down below the dam in the spillway is a very popular place to catch catfish and you know and when we say you have those i, I want to tell people they have them to an extreme it's hard not to catch white bass at John Martin. If you want to take somebody fishing and just catch fish during the summer, spring, summer into fall, they're going to be they're going to move a little bit. You got to maybe check with myself or some of the guys on the show will tell you about the fish movements. But when those white bass are going, the action is steady. The saw guys are coming back, and I think you're starting to see some pretty good sized ones again, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's definitely some great size wiper and white bass. And like you were saying, they just come out in huge numbers. Um, the bag limit on those is the statewide bag limit, 20 um, in aggregate. Um, but we also don't have any size limit on fish to catch at, at this reservoir. Well, that's a great point. If, you know, a lot of people get frustrated because some of our walleye lakes are, are spawning lakes. And they're kind of, uh, they have limits on them where you can't keep anything under 18 because we need to develop both the healthy males and let some females slip through so they can take eggs. But uh, a reservoir like John Martin, it's easy to catch a few for the pan, whether you want to cook them on shore or take them home and get some of those, you know, 15-inch eater-sized fish that are just great. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, very common to catch them from shore um, as well as out on the boat. Um, Right now our boat ramps are closed. They'll open again on March 15th, and we definitely expect to see Lots of people out there fishing right on March 15th. Now, is there pretty good shore access, or do you have a lot of ice? If I wanted to come down and fish from shore right now, I guess you do have the spillway too, but what's available right now if I came down to fish from shore? So we've had a little bit of ice along the shore recently, but on the last couple of days have been in the 50s and 60s down there at John Martin. Um, So the ice is definitely melting. Now, we do have a little bit of shoreline closure due to waterfowl resting. Um, So if you were to come down and you wanted to do some shore fishing at John Martin Reservoir, you would just need to pay attention to the signs and where the closures are. But there's definitely a lot of fishing access along the shore. And good fishing. And as the weather warms, those fish are going to come shallow. And you can get to jump on some of the spring fishing. I've fished it from shore myself before before things settle in, and you can even get boats on in March. Now, there's a lot more than fishing down at John Martin. You have tons of wildlife and birds, and you mentioned hunting. You've got a festival coming up that features uh, one bird that people don't understand, and when it comes through, sometimes it comes through in the thousands, and that's the snow geese. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the snow geese have been pretty active um, down at John Martin Reservoir, as they are every year. 
Um, so we have the 18th annual Snow Goose Festival coming up. Um, it's going to take place in the southeast area near Lamar. Um, so it's going to be Thursday, February 6th to Sunday, February 9th. And they'll have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday tours. And those tours will go all over southeast Colorado um, to the Fort Lyon area, as well as some of the state wildlife areas um, down in southeast Colorado. They're going to have some great keynote speakers. Um, Mark Kramer and Eliana Kramer will do some lectures and programs. Um, If you're not looking for a tour, there's a lot of other events that you can participate in. There's going to be a craft fair on Friday and Saturday, um, like I was saying, programs and lectures. And then they'll do a banquet and a silent auction on Saturday. Um, And all of this information can be found at the website, which is highplainssnowgoose.com. And that's the festival. And and typically, you know, we can't always predict we can get a weather change. But typically this time of the year, you get some pretty impressive uh, flocks of snow geese coming through, don't you? It is. It's really impressive. Sometimes when you look up in the sky, there's just thousands of them up there and they'll be sitting out on the the reservoir and it's, they'll actually make little islands out there of snow geese. Um, this year, you know, they haven't been extremely active on the reservoir, but they are very active in the cornfields and the hay fields around the area. And, you know, it's it's uh, one of the reasons we do have extended hunting for snow geese is they're so prolific. In fact, there's so many snow geese, they're doing a little bit of damage to the um, ecosystem up north where they nest. So they're a tremendous conservation success story, almost to the point where we've loved them too much. But when you see those flocks come through, if you do happen to, you know, you have to be timed right. But if you happen to catch one of those big flocks, it's just an impressive sight. What other wildlife might I see down at John Martin? Yeah, so, you know, if the snow geese aren't cooperating with you that day, you'll definitely um, be able to see some eagles. They've been extremely active in our campground. Um, We have bald eagles that nest in our campground every year. Um, So, like I was saying, they're very active. There's also wild turkeys in the campground. Of course, we have both mule deer and white-tailed deer. Um, We've also had some bobcats hanging around lately as well just sounds like a great place to go so all the information i'm sure updates on conditions are are they both on the website and facebook or that yeah on the cpw website you can find the john martin page on there Um, we are also very active on our facebook Um, so if you look for john martin reservoir state park on facebook um, you'll see almost daily updates and posts on our facebook page all right. Well, thank you for joining us. It's uh, it is a tremendous place to visit, and with that festivals next week, the sixth through the ninth. What a great reason to come down and check it out and enjoy all the activities. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you for having me. You bet. That's Aaron from uh, John Martin. I'll tell you what. I uh, I've written some Denver Post columns on John Martin. I may try to repost one here as we get towards spring. If you're looking for a place to just go catch some fish, um, it is just a tremendous, tremendous place. The white bass are so cooperative, and there's a number of ways to catch them, not to mention a tremendous sogai population. And those sogais are, are willing biters. They taste just like a walleye. And I've done some great largemouth bass fishing down there, too, not to mention I've hooked into some drum while I was fishing for the sogais, and uh, they will pull your string. There's just a lot to do down there. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back with more outdoors on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 
We've got a lot more stuff coming up. And on top of the hour, Nate Zielinski is going to update us from uh, the ice fishing tournament at Chatfield. And my understanding is they're catching a lot of fish out there. Austin Parr is going to join us. And we're going to start talking about open water versus ice fishing, where there's still a lot of great ice fishing opportunities and where maybe our thoughts are turning towards open water. And Ronnie Castellano is going to join us with some presentation techniques and some new equipment out there. So we got lots to cover next hour. A couple things I do want to touch base, though, before we go to the top of the hour. One is next uh, next weekend, well, actually tonight, today, after the show, Karen and I are flying to Florida. Somebody told me there's a football game down there. Is that right? I don't know. That might be right. So we might, we're going to be down in Florida, but we're going to stay for a while because then we're going to go out to um, uh, one of our favorite places, North Reddington Beach, just east, west of Tampa, out on the bay, and I'm going to do a little fishing. Karen's going to guard the beach. So so Chad will be filling in next week, and he always does a great, great job. Pleasure to have him on. And, of course, we got a great bunch of fill-in hosts that we rotate through on the show that just do a great job for us. Um, our social media, I want to touch on that a little bit. The um, Our YouTube channel is really starting to take off. Now, it's legacy television shows that we did over the you know many, many years in the past up till recently. And some of them are, but we try to keep shows up there that the information is still very valuable. It's either going to give you a place to go fishing or teach you some techniques and some some things you can apply to your fishing. And even as things change, a lot of these things apply. Now, we did the two television shows. We did uh, Mountain States Fishing and Angling Adventures, and we did 22 seasons in combination with those two. And uh, they're up on our YouTube page, uh, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. And about half those shows are filmed right here in your backyard. They're uh, one that Karen just recently put up that she featured on our Facebook page, but it's on the YouTube channel, is on the um, Big Thompson River and some maybe beginning tips on how to approach and fish the Big Thompson River. So that's up there right now. We've got, you know, we've got shows at Decker's Pueblo, uh, John Martin. We've got shows at many of the lakes around here. And then we have a number of shows that are in some of the best fishing destinations in the world. Alaska, Costa Rica, the Bahamas, Florida, um, Texas, Minnesota, Canada. And we take you to places, not only show you the fishing, but what it's like when you get there and how to enjoy it. So best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom, you know, just give it a check. You can just go to, if you have Comcast, just go uh, hit your microphone button, go Terry Wickstrom, go the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, and about 130 episodes will come up. So check that out. And I mentioned that Karen has posted, when she puts ads another show, she puts it on our Facebook page. Well, we use that Facebook page for a lot of different things. Like we had an incredible interview uh, early on in this hour with Randy Ford up at Dillon about the ice fishing and both open water of ice fishing for the char, for the rainbows, the browns, and the salmon. Uh, we'll probably post that on our Facebook page this weekend sometime so you can revisit it. I take columns I've written for the Denver Post and put them up there. Uh, but we also preview. Sometimes when something's coming up on here we think needs special attention, we show it on our Facebook page so that you can uh, be aware that it's coming up and tune in and listen. Uh, we also, if I do get out in the field and do some fishing, we try to give a little information on what I'm doing, what's going on up there. We don't try to inundate you. We're not going to post five or six times a day. If we post twice in a day, that's a lot. And some days we don't post, but we try to make it pertinent. And then we're also, we're going to start working on trivia. I'm, I'm lining up some trivia uh, 
contest gift gifts right now. And what Karen does, she puts a little thing on the Facebook page that says uh, 20, uh, over 20 years of trivia on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And the answer is in that little blurb on Facebook. We ask a question on Saturday, and you can win some pretty substantial prizes. So that'll be starting up again. So really follow us, both YouTube and Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. The last thing I want to talk about is if you're getting ready to do a lot of camping this year, remember most of the state parks are on the new, res- if not all, are on the new reservation system where there's no longer where you can't make reservations after two weeks. You can still make them six months out in advance, but you can make them the same day. In fact, some of them, you have to make a reservation. So you have to, if you don't have phone service when you get up there for some reason, you need to be able to uh, maybe do it just ahead of time or download, uh, you know, find a way to get a little online access. So you could drive up to a park, see a camping site, and reserve it that day and then just settle right in it. So you can check the same day, too, on the way up so you don't drive up to a remote park and all of a sudden get there and there's no camping. You'll know when you leave. So it's been working out really well from everything we've heard. Everybody's been really pleased with it. So that's the new reservation system. I believe you can do it by calling, too. The information is on Colorado Parks and Wildlife website. And by the way, we mentioned it earlier in the hour. There is so much information on that website. If you're a hunter, say you're getting ready for turkey hunting, I think the uh, the applications have to be in here in just a matter of a couple days, I think the fourth. But maybe you're buying an over-the-counter license. So where do you want to hunt? Uh, there's so much. There's harvest information. There's... Uh, you know, just terrain information, habitat information. You can virtually plan the beginning of your hunt by spending a few hours online and then get out and scout a little bit and mark up the maps. There's hunting 101, there's videos, there's just tremendous, tremendous, tremendous amounts of uh, of resources on Colorado Parks and Wildlife website. Contrary to popular belief, they do want you to get out and catch a fish. They want you to get out and harvest an animal. They don't want to make it difficult for you. They want you to be successful because they want you to buy licenses. License fees are what keep outdoor recreation going in this country. The hunter and the angler pay most of the way for those people. So don't be afraid to buy a license, get out, and have a little fun and enjoy it. Get your kids out. We're seeing a drastic decline in outdoor activity, including sports and just getting outdoors and playing in the United States. And we really need, just for the sake of our heritage, for their health, for the value system it brings, we need to get both kids and adults outdoors. <laughs> I tell you what, we're going to take a timeout, take a quick timeout. We come back, Nate Zelinski will join us, and we'll update you on what's going on on his ice fishing tournament at Chatfield and so much more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.